G'day, and welcome to season two of the Far North Leadership Podcast. I'm Jeff, and in each episode of the podcast, I interview a leader from the beautiful city of Cairns in Far North Queensland. It's called the Far North Leadership Podcast for that simple reason, because it features leaders from a variety of sectors across the Far North. I don't know about you, but every time I meet a leader or I overhear a leadership conversation, it helps me grow. So enjoy the conversations, and I hope you find something that applies to your life and your leadership in every single episode. In this episode, I interview Mike Kelly, head coach of the NBL Cairns Taipans. Mike has a wealth of experience gained during both his playing and coaching careers in professional basketball. And I think you'll find his approach to leadership refreshing, especially in light of a lot of what happens around professional sport. From humble beginnings in Southern California, Mike has spent most of his career here in Australia. He won a championship with the Southeast Melbourne Magic and was named the NBL's best defensive player twice. As a coach, Mike assisted Melbourne United to their first NBL championship and is now in his second year as head coach at the CQ University Cairns Taipans. I recorded my conversation with Mike in his office last week. Mike, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. Can you tell me about one of your best memories playing basketball? You know, it's funny, I played on so many different levels like the lowest levels possible. Um, probably the best memory that jumps to mind is uh, is making it to the NBL and playing on a team called the Southeast Melbourne Magic. And uh, and then in that first year when I've made it, I've been in Australia for like seven years at that time. And, uh, and we ended up winning the championship in that very first year. And uh, Kind of a pivotal moment was the second game. It was a three-game series. We had lost the first one, must win second game, and uh, and I went to the line and made a couple free throws, and it was just the best feeling to win that close game. And then we ended up kind of winning them by a lot against the Tigers in the third game of the series. Beat Andrew Gaze, Mark Bradkey, Leonard Copeland, fifteen thousand people at the tennis center. Um, so that's the one that jumps to mind. Um, yep. along with uh, a bunch of others, but uh, that was a lot of fun. Those make it or break it games. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's fun when things come together. Like you always dream of making kind of clutch free throws or a clutch shot at the end of a game, and uh, that was a chance to do it and then be able to celebrate uh, with the group winning the championship. Yeah, that's awesome. When you were growing up at school and starting to play basketball, were you a natural leader? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I might have thought I was because I always wanted our team to win and I always wanted to play my best and, and have us do our best as a group. But I, I do remember uh, one time being pulled up. You know, we used to train on the blacktop at my little school, St. John the Baptist. Um, it's in Southern California? Yeah, yep. yeah, in uh, Costa Mesa. And, uh, and I remember... I thought I was cheering my teammates on in one of our com- competitive drills that we were doing. And I, my coach kind of stopped me because I was just swearing at my teammates and just, it wasn't real encouragement. It was, uh, it was more just uh, yelling at him like, you sorry son of a gun, hurry your butt up. And, uh, and that was, you know, it was a little bit 
color, more colorful than that. So I don't think I was really a leader, even though I, I think my heart was in the right place that I wanted to win all the time and I wanted my teammates to do well, but I didn't really know how to lead at all. Yeah. <laughs> Probably thought you were having a go, reverse encouragement or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I try not to do that anymore. So. <laughs> yeah. Learned some skills along the way. That's right. Um, whether it was when you were younger and, and growing up and playing basketball or, or even now, can you think of one of the best leaders that you've ever met? Yeah, you know, my dad jumps to mind as uh, the guy that I imitate the most in, in life. And, uh, and also he loves sport, uh, even though by the time I was and my brothers were around, um, he wasn't really playing. All he did was play golf. But I always loved to hear the stories when he would talk about football or basketball when he was growing up. He kind of had a quiet uh, leadership, kind of a lead by example and, uh, and a quiet teacher. But we learned... The games that we played which was baseball basketball and football in the states and uh, so I kind of followed his lead um, when it comes to coaches that I uh, follow my college coach uh, Chet Kammer who's a small college coach but but really influential and still I'm um, still very close with him and spend as much time with him as if, I, if I'm lucky enough to be able to corner him for a weekend or something and uh, so he was just a very um, not a, not a quiet leader, but just a guy who I trusted and, uh, and he had great knowledge and he also uh, had great passion and, uh, and was a great teacher of the game. So uh, it was really easy to buy in with him and then just follow him. And I, and I think uh, he's a big reason that I continue to um, think about coaching as I finish my playing career. What does leadership mean to you as a concept? And I guess particularly when, it, when you think of sport and, uh, and co- captains of teams or coaches of teams. I really think it's as bad as I was as a kid. I was trying to get our team to perform at, or the team that I was on in that training session to perform as, as well as we could. And I think that's what leadership is, is uh, helping players in my sport, players on the basketball court and off the court to perform at their best and kind of fulfill their potential and uh, that's what I try to do every day and also with with our my assistant coaches uh, try to stay on the same page and help our guys to fulfill their potential absolutely so you kind of you have that within your your smaller team of the coaching team but then with the whole basketball team the whole roster you're you're looking at getting the best out of those guys yeah and uh, you know for me with the coaches I've got Jamie O'Loughlin and Brad Hill who are very different but both very capable um, great knowledge of the game Jamie has great experience as a head coach in his own right so I sometimes need to get out of the way and let him um, do his thing and Brad who's a younger coach I need to encourage to to do his thing and uh, and he's really coming to his own to do that and then all of us getting on the same page to be great examples for our players in, uh, in how we want to do things and how we want them to do things. Now in this role that you're in as head coach, how much time, um, you know, maybe in the playing season each week, would you get to actually spend with the players? How much of your time? Well, we're on court as a group, you know, on average, probably two hours a day, um, four days a week. And then you have games on the weekend for the most part for us, either one or two games on the weekend. And then, uh, then we're also in the weight room as a group, usually two or three times a week for an hour. And as coaches, we'll usually get there, not all the time. We have a great strength and conditioning program and coach who runs the show and we kind of 
duck in there and sometimes work out and sometimes don't work out, but try to be around the guys just to uh, be in a different environment than the basketball court and and talk a little smack and have some fun with them, but also push them and uh, make sure they're doing their stuff in the weight room. So we, we have quite a bit of time kind of through that, uh, those avenues. And then also uh, lots of film, which is where we get more individual with the guys. We split the guys up and, uh, and Jamie and Brad will have a few guys and I'll have a few guys and we just kind of go over clips from either training or the, the week's game and, uh, and just go through teaching concepts or things they've done well or can do better. And uh, so we end up spending quite a bit of time and then so much to the point where you start saying, we need to really lay off these guys and let them have time to not be here and not hear my voice. And uh, But we get, we get uh, probably on average like three hours a day together. That's great. I didn't imagine the role was as hands-on as it is. You guys really are a unit and a team, all of you, aren't you? Yeah, it's so important as we go into preseason right now, defining those roles and trying to do it better than we did last year and use our time uh, better. And, and there's always extras. I try to say the door is always open. I'd rather, much rather have them bring a, a situation to me here in my office than I would bring it up on the court in front of everyone else just because the frustration comes out at that time. Yeah. So we have kind of an open door policy and, uh, and then there's always extras on the floor as well because guys want to get extra work and uh, get shots up or work on something in particular on the floor and, uh, and we love those situations. So it ends up being more time than that three hours a day. Yeah. When, when it's game time and you're courtside and the, the game is going on, how are you able to lead in that moment? What, what's kind of front of mind in what you're trying to do when you're, uh, you're not able to be on the court? <laughs> how do you lead? Well, I think the most important time for them to hear my voice and, and our coaches' voices is during practice. And uh, during those training times is when we really try to teach. And then during the games, it's gentle or not so gentle reminders and then making, uh, making adjustments on what the other team is doing and letting the guys hopefully focus on the things that we've been teaching during the week, uh, during the whole season. So I try to um, just, just give reminders to the guys of, of our game plan and the things that we've taught all during our uh, preparation and then through listening to my coaches and, and watching the game make adjustments as we go. So I, I like to be uh, not a hands-off, but a, but let the guys do what they do. Uh, the players at this level have a really good idea of of what works and, and the reason they've gotten to this level and, and have been successful. And uh, sometimes I need to get out of their way to, to let them do that and just give them those um, you know guidelines of how we're trying to beat the other team. Mm. I've watched you courtside before and you, you seem to me to have a, a really good combination of kind of passion and enthusiasm, you know, inspiring uh, the rest of the team, I think, just in, in your body language and what you're saying, as well as, you know, things like character and, and patience and self-control. How, how easy is it for you to, to balance that combination when the game isn't going your way or the referee calls aren't going your way? Well, first of all, that's the look I was going for. So <laughs> Excellent. I, I appreciate it. You know, it's, it's not easy. I, I do try to be patient and, you know, you have kids, I have kids, and I think they help us with our patience and, uh, and also make us realize that that's life and death. And basketball, as much as 
It can determine our job status, I guess, wins and losses. It's not life and death, so I try to I try to keep that in perspective and let the guys uh, know that hey, we're we are playing a game, and if we compete as hard as we can compete with um, with our teammates, then I think we got a good chance of winning as long as we follow the game plan. So I really try to um, not. I guess put my put my stamp on it. It's definitely not about the guys on the sidelines. It's again about the guys on the court, and and I try to remember that with the referees as well because we all tend to want to put blame on on people for uh, for things that don't go our way on the floor, whether it's players or the referees, and uh, and I've been guilty of that as well. So it is it is kind of a work work in progress on the patience and the. Uh, holding back when when sometimes you want to let your passion out so uh, I, re- I really just try to keep it in perspective and put it on the players and try to let them put into play what we what we do during the week on the practice floor when you're in a moment um you know after a really tough loss or, or a disappointing loss and, and you know someone shoves a microphone in your face um what are you drawn in times like that have you do you have things you've pre- mentally prepared to say where do you go I was just watching a, a documentary the other day with my wife and uh, and the coach that was in the documentary had just lost and he had a microphone in his face. And I just said, that's that's a really tough situation. Like, And I went through it too many times last year. But I, I really just try to, um, I do try to look at the big picture in that moment because especially right after a game, you can't see everything that went on during the game. So film is such a huge part of um, getting better in in every sport, but uh, we watch a ton of film, and and we so I hate to jump to conclusions right after the game. Uh, the first thing I try to judge and 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 I'll talk openly about it is just if we competed, because that's my biggest um, thing with our guys. If we compete and uh, and try to play smart, then we've got a an opportunity to win if we're if we have the talent. And I. I thought we did last year, and I think we're going to have even more talent this year coming up. We'll see. But I really try to just keep it on that level, not jump to too many conclusions before I watch the film. And I and I try not to place blame, especially on our players. Like our guys gave great effort last year, and I and we've picked guys of high character. And uh, you know we lost a lot of games, but I really loved our guys last year. So. I'm not going to pick them in part. Pick them apart in front of the media. I'll, I'll take the blame if it's on me as well. Um, but as long as they give great effort and uh, try to stick to our game plan, then then I'll wear it. You mentioned the character of the players before. Uh, how how did you as a coach help develop uh, the character in players, not just the skill and teamwork? You know, at the beginning of the season, we got together after we had been together for a little while and just talked about the things that were important. Uh, to our group, our values. Um, you know, we have a team psychologist who is with us and uh, observes us a lot, and um, she kind of led us through. And, and I, I tried to kind of push the conversation if I wanted it to go in a certain direction as well with her uh, allowing me to do that, um, just staying on the same page. And then we tried to pin down the values uh, that were important to us as a group, and then the goals that we wanted to accomplish as a team. And then we just basically every day, every day tried to see if we were holding to our values and 
and a lot of it was about character driven things and uh, so that was kind of one one way to stay on top of it um, mm-hmm. it it didn't always work you know we failed many times and I'm not meaning wins and losses and uh, and so then we had to address that and hold each other accountable and try to go forward from there so definitely a learning experience uh, for myself and the coaches as well as the players mm. it's, it's so important though the the character and the values though I think especially of professional sports people because they are in the public eye so uh, I find it really encouraging to hear of a professional sporting team which is placing such a high value on that yeah I think that's fantastic yeah. and I and I think a big part of it is so if you want a high character uh, team and a, and a character driven organization then you go out and you recruit guys who have high character and uh, and we've tried to do that as well as talent but um, mm. you know the people and you hear it in every profession the people are the most important thing yeah. so we're trying and uh, you know Mark Beecroft is is my general manager high character and he's tried to recruit high character through the organization and we're trying to do the same thing with basketball that's awesome so when you're um, in Vegas, which is you've recently come back to Cairns from, you know the NBA Summer League, yeah. uh, and you're observing players or watching them on video, um, how, how do you spot that when you're just watching someone play? Yeah, great question. You know, a lot of the video we do is already cut up, so you only see the basketball play on the court. So a lot of times we'll go back and just find the whole game um, that's not cut up. So we've seen their basketball plays and then you want to see them during a timeout or you know how they're interacting in warm-ups with their teammates or coaches and sometimes you just you don't get that too much so you'll just check their references like go to their college coaches and their the opponents uh, that they played at, at uni the coaches there what's this guy like is he a good guy was he a jerk was he did he mouth off you know mm. but when I was in Vegas uh, watching the games I would sit at kind of the side of the court and just watch how guys were when they weren't in the game and how they're reacting and how they're dealing with not being in the game or how they are during the timeouts and and try to, I guess, catch them in those off-guard moments. Like everyone's really rah-rah because they're trying to make the NBA at that time and they know that there's scouts, NBA scouts watching them. So they kind of get that fake hustle, they get the rah-rah going and they're always high-fiving their teammates. But you can find moments where after five days of that, they, everyone reverts to how they really are. I think eventually you can find it if you're there at the right time. And uh, so you just watch for those moments when they're kind of unguarded and how they react. Yeah. When you spot a player that you, you really want, think would be great um, to add to the roster here in Cairns, just to give us some insight into the, into the process, what happens next? Do you have a chat with that guy or, or what do you do? Yeah. You know, again, go back to the team that we have here, which is uh, Jamie and Brad as, as the other coaches and then Mark as our GM. I like having multiple guys look at players that um, and see them if they think the fit is good. You know, there's times when I get so excited about a player and then <laughs> the other guys will look at him and say, he doesn't do this, 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 and this. And I'll be like, ah, oh, but he can really dunk or <laughs> shoot the ball or whatever. Uh, so it's good that we, we bounce it off each other and throw these names up and see how they fit. Um, and we all kind of keep each other grounded that way. But the next step, if we decide that that's the right person, is talking to his agent to see if he's available. Like pretty much every 
basketball player around the world now, if he's trying to be a pro, is has an agent or has someone speaking for him, and then uh, and then just see if he's available, and then uh, go further. I mean, obviously, the money thing, I kick up to Mark, and he takes care of that. But uh, just doing the background checks and uh, and finding out what kind of person he is, because um, it's easy to easy to see his stats and easy to see how they do against other very good basketball players on the court. But then hearing how they are with with teammates and uh, you know, you it's amazing how many how many guys you'll hear he's not a good guy, he's bad in the locker room, he's all about himself. Um, you know, coaches will coaches don't want to lie to other coaches. They mm-hmm. wanna have a good reputation, so they may not say it that openly, but they might say, um, this guy struggled some with these situations and uh, and found it tough to to talk through these situations. So you kind of can read between the lines. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, you talked about changing from you know when you were a kid and the way that you try and encourage your teammates to to now. But say in the last ten years as a player and coach, how have you changed in your leadership style? Well, you know. It, as a player, I, I, I think I did become that rah-rah guy who kind of would, um, you know, a lot of high fives, a lot of slapping on the shoulder or the bum as, as your teammates going by, constant talk and chatter, sometimes just to, to make sure we were all on the same page. You know, I played till I was fairly old, so by the time I was finishing up, I was almost like a little bit of an assist, assistant coach in the locker room, like a, maybe a go-between between the players and the coaches. and. Uh, and so, you know, I was 36. We had guys on our team that were 18, just coming out of school. And, and so you're encouraging. It was almost like I was morphing into that uh, coaching role. Probably going from assistant coach to head coach was a, was a major change for me. And instead of just being um, that encourager and staying locked in it and caring if the guys liked me at all, now, I still do care, but I think it's really important for me, and I, and I have learned this through feedback from people and, uh, and also just from seeing results of when I talk to people, is I need to, uh, as a leader, not really care about being liked, but just, just do what's best for the team. And uh, it's a great comfort for me knowing that I can always fall back on that. Why didn't I play? Oh, I'm doing what's best for the team. Explaining it, but... And that's, that's all that's important to me right now. That's the most important thing. Um, and it doesn't mean I have to be heartless or cold, but it just means I can be more cut and dried. Hey, Jeff, you're off. Get this guy in, he's gonna do the job. And then afterwards we can talk. Jeff, I want you to you know, box out or I want you to not turn the ball over. Um, but just my leadership style, I guess, is continuing to go more in that direction teach and then when there's moments when you have to kind of step on someone or or change things quickly make that decision and and don't second guess it and then move on whereas an assistant coach I'd be like ah put Jeff in there no take Jeff off do you know you throw out suggestions and now if I'm making a suggestion I'm actually doing it (laughs) so 
little different for me. That, that idea you talked about of not, not worrying as much about what people think of you, um, has that applied in the way that you lead up as well? Because I think like most leaders, you, you are caught between, I guess, the CEO and the board level and then the players and the coaches beneath you. Yeah. Is that true in all directions? Yeah, it is. And, and the good thing for me, um, first of all, is that I trust my leaders here. You know, Troy Stone is the president of the board and the whole board has been, we, we won six games last year out of 28. And every time I spoke to Troy or the board and Mark Beecroft, they questioned me and asked, why are we doing this? Or why are you doing that? And we had a good conversation and they said, we're right behind you. We totally got your back. We understand what you're doing. So having that trust um, makes me feel good to be able to just say, hey, this is, this is what we're doing and this is why we're doing it. And I know they have my back, but even if they thought it was wrong, then they would just tell me and we'd have that conversation. So that gives me a, a good feeling about being able to just lead in the direction that I'm going. And, uh, and they still will have my back as well as the, as well as the players. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you're going to sleep at night uh, on a non-game day, for example, um, what constitutes a good day for you as head coach? Getting better every day, trying to get better, um, and so that that could be that could be as simple as the players resting. And you know, there was one patch last year where we just traveled for a month and played a lot of like you know, play, fly the next day, play the next day two days, fly home, play the next day. And it was just that kind of an NBA schedule really packed in for about a month. And so some of those days we just, for us to get better, it was watch film and rest for the guys to rest. Um, so sometimes it's just that getting better uh, as a group and then um, getting better with myself and the coaches, like the direction we really want to go in. That effort to get better every day is kind of what helps me sleep at night, I guess. Mm, that's great. For uh, all the Taipans fans who might be listening, what are, what are you um, excited about? What gives you confidence as you moved into 2019-2020 season? Well, the players. The players are always what give me confidence. Last year, I liked our group and we were, even in the games we lost, I, we were competitive and I think we'll be more talented this year. And I think the continuity of a few of the players, but also the continuity of our staff and knowing each other well and being settled as we come into preseason. And if we can be a little percentage better at every spot, including the coaches, then I think we're better all around and we win those close games. Absolutely. Kansas is looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. is, uh, as you thought about this interview, is there anything else about leadership or coaching that I haven't asked that you had in mind? You know, I, I like some of the questions and I like uh, the idea of leadership. As I think about leadership, I think of all that I don't know and, and how I can continue to learn. And so even just thinking about it and talking to you about it, it just, you know, brings up, brings up more questions. So for me, I'm just, I'm just trying to get better as a leader. And uh, I learn from the players as much as they uh, learn from myself and the coaches. So uh, we're just going to keep getting better together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Mike, so much for your time. Thanks, Jeff. It was great.
Mike's focus on character is encouraging for a professional sporting team. Many people look up to their sporting heroes, as you know, and so it's great to know that the Cairns Taipans look for character in their recruits and encourage that in their team. Mike's approach to values within his team is the kind of thing any leader can adopt, no matter what your team is like. I enjoyed my conversation with Mike, and I found a guy who is the same in private as he is in the public eye. Thanks for listening. I trust that you found something in this episode that applies to your life and your leadership. In this season of the Far North Leadership Podcast, I'll release a new episode every month. All you need to do is subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and each new episode will appear when it's released. If you find this helpful or interesting, please pass it on to a friend or a colleague and maybe you'd even like to leave the podcast a review on your podcasting app. Thanks so much for listening.